The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and it seems I missed out on our best performance of the season. Brilliant. Thanks to Tammy and Danny for being our guests last week. Best of luck to the women's team for the season ahead, and mind and keep your sass and chocolate in the fridge. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Hibs Review, United third, Scotland second, International Arabs, Motherwell Preview, Loan Report, Academy, Women's Team, Lottery, Foundation, Games or Goals, and On This Day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up on episode 117 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dode Fox Podcast. As uh, amazingly we hurtle into episode 117 uh, When I got to 10 I thought it was amazing 25, 50, any of the landmarks And every single episode of 100 just seems This bubble's got to burst ridiculous. something soon <laughs> It's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, It really is um, Right, before we touch on what was um, I'm Apparently I'm going to hear from you The match report And we'll get to my what I've seen and everything as we get to it first, but we uh, we we mentioned it last week about Scotland, and uh, we need to just touch on it as well. Um, Steve Clark up until yesterday doing his best Tam Court's impression with a one nil win. Yeah, loping that game was it? Really <laughs> Absolutely loping. Yeah, Absolutely was, loping. What's the great? Was it? No, I never saw my young lad last week, and he uh, I got him yesterday for the game. I've, I've now got him in the hell next week, so we'll probably kill each other. But uh, the day he was on about the Scotland game, he's like, where did you watch the Scotland game? And I was thinking, we were at the Scotland game last week. He was like, no, the other one. And it was that memorable that I was I was like, where did I watch it? What was the score? I couldn't remember. I was like, oh, right, it was one nothing. Was it a last minute absolute porker or a goal? But it's you take it, don't you? And a game like that, you just need to win any which way possible. And and they did. So the the dream is still alive. But it's going to be awfully hard to get to Qatar. I still maintain that. Mm. Yeah. I didn't care about that the day on. Did a decent position though, to be fair. But yeah, it's um a good week overall for Scotland, which is good heading into the uh the, the couple of games. And like we did say, you want it to be just in that position at Moldova, take care of them, and then it shouldn't matter against Denmark because they've done half no bad. They've not considered a goal. <laughs> they will at Hamden. It's happening. London Dykes. London Dykes, it's happening. It's gonna hit his left earth cheek or something. It's happening. Uh, yeah, and uh, nothing much in terms of the old international Arabs. Uh, Dylan Levitt wasn't in the Wales squad again, uh, and then we found out he was clearly injured since he uh, never played yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's kind of never got off the bench on Tuesday night. Uh, and when you see that, you've kind of got you obviously wish they play to get international recognition and stuff, but you're also like, it's probably good they might come back, no bad. And obviously, uh, yeah, but it obviously turned out yesterday that there was uh, one change. And that our podcast pal, Declan Gass, started the game out of Naples, Mr. McNichol. Naples. Naples, literally Naples. And and Declan, if you're listening, didn't take this the wrong way. I thought Levitt was going to be a big miss because he's, he's been performing at a level the last few weeks that's just, it's fantastic for us. And uh, I thought especially against Hibs, who are a decent team uh, away from home, and Declan, he was coming in and he, he's not played for like over a year. And even then, that was a pre-season game. So Christ knows the last time he was actually properly felt match fit. And to throw him in to that big game, uh, uh, 
to me, it was a bit of a gamble. Uh, but again, I say it all the time, it paid off. And I, al- I always say that, what do I can? Yeah, good. Nothing. Glad you said that because I said last week, I was on a stag do yesterday, so I had never seen the game. Um, I have still no seen the game. I have seen the goals and mm-hmm. about a five minute highlights package, which basically just showed us the goals and about two other chances. And that was absolutely it. Uh, obviously, I was getting text messages and stuff like that as well, but it's just an incredible incredible result. I couldn't believe what I was uh, what I was seeing when I went to 3-0. 1-0, you're thinking, yeah, team can go 1-0. That's, that's totally fine. Uh, talk through the first half. Well, I'll talk you through the pre-match. You uh, do that. Tell us. Firstly, talk to me. I, I honestly would have put my life savings of, of £37.50 on the fact that Dundee United employed the worst stadium announcer in Scottish football. But no, apparently it's Hibs who when they were reading, reading out the team lines it was Ian Harkes it was Giando Fush and it was Chris Mocheri was on the bench apparently the boy had an absolute shocker or he was ripping the piss I'm not sure what one but he, it was just Banterville for the Hibs boy absolutely he doesn't care what he's doing and How, Giando Fuchs has been in the news for the last two weeks for all the wrong reasons but nothing no his fault and to, to pronounce his name Giando Fush, uh, yeah, I was near going for the boy. Like, I well, was near going for. I, well, I got I got a, I got a tweet yesterday. It was actually the day um, from uh, from Paul who said that no, you because you'll just you just say it normally. Um, Ronnie Stell's going to have to help his game at Tannadice. I'm sure the guy at Hibs thought he was on Fourth FM at one stage, played some banging tunes. Thought I was back in the Mardi or the Stills. The tunes might have been all right, but the basic grasp of team lineups has got oh, to be like. Oh, never mind that. What do the tunes do for the high bees? Nothing. They, they got the away fans up for it. Good. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's all that I care about. Aye. So, so, um, so yeah. Harkez. How did Harkez go on? <laughs> outstanding. Again. Oh. Harkez was outstanding. So, aye. First half then. First half, there, there wasn't much in it. <laughs> But I felt that we we edged it, and when obviously we got the goal just before half time, and it was it, was, it wasn't against the run of play. I felt like we probably deserved it. Like if anybody had it, took a lead into the half, we were obviously in the away end behind one goal, and United were shooting towards the other the other goal, and it just felt like watching that half that the bar was doing there more than it was up at our end. Uh, so, I mean, you've seen the goal yourself, Ron. Absolutely brilliant, bro. Absolutely brilliant goal. But before the goal, there was a, a, a foul that was, in my opinion, an absolutely brilliant foul that had to be made for Ryan Edwards on Martin Boyle. Uh, they got they got the break of the ball. At the time, I thought he handled it to control it. I thought, but like, my angle's not as good as the referee, so I'll concede the ref probably, well, definitely seen it better than me. But it looks like he handled it to control it and then he was breaking away. And if he gets past Edwards... He's running on to Mulgrew and Mulgrew, as good as he is, he's probably no keeping up. We we boil in a foot race uh, and Edwards just took one for the team. It wasn't, a, wasn't it overly cynical. He probably did try to get the bar, but uh, he, he made sure that both ball and man were not passing and he took a yellow for, for the team for that one. And it was a, it's in of them where it's a good foul to give, I think, because that, that could have cost me. It could have cost me big time. And after that, Boyle... He didn't really offer much in the game 
And I've saw people on social media saying, oh, it was like, it's like back in the old days of football when you would maybe leave your mark on any of the skillful players and you could argue whether or no Boyle's any of the skillful players, but he's he's definitely a danger man for Hibs. But uh, he didn't really offer much at all. I think that Scott McMahon is his kryptonite. He just, he doesn't like coming up against them. He just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't cope well with it. Is that your back or the chair there? Uh, probably a bit on, actually, after the, some of the bruises that I managed to, to gain for yesterday. But but to go right back to your question about how the first half was, I thought it was excellent for United. I thought we were cool, we were calm, we were composed. We gave more than as more than what we're getting back for the hibbies, and uh, the goal was absolutely wonderful. Nice wee pass, 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 and a great finish for Nicky Clark. He's just he's just bent it around the defender, around the goalie, right into the bottom corner. Scenes. What a time to score right before half time. Doesn't it? I mean, I've always I say to you before, like there's there's no bad time to score a goal, but like there's there's certainly good times to score a goal, and that was one of them. Right on the whistle. Uh, and the, the thing at half time as well, again, I never really took much attention to the Hibs team or anything at the time, but they'd obviously made a change. Um Scotland come off, I'm assuming he was posted missing uh, yesterday. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a trying to be the normal arsehole in front of the fans, but he was hooked at half time and they seemed to go two up top for what I could read at that. And, yeah. but, which is really bizarre because they went two in midfield, which then meant we won the battle because we're three in midfield, I'm assuming. Again, I've not seen it, but just for seeing how they sort of seem to change uh, formation, but it didn't help them in the end, did it? No, I would, I would say we won the battle wherever it was on the park run. Mm. Uh, like they, they did go with two up top, but the, I, I'm, I, it's too far down the other side. I'm not sure who they brought on. I know it was now the boy Deutsch. Uh, I don't know the boy's name, but he, he didn't. Uh, he didn't worry at all. They didn't brought, worry the defenders. I'm pretty sure they brought on the boy Scott that we were linked to a, on loan. Oh, yeah, James Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he, he contributed next to none, in my opinion. Good. Again, the defense was well marshaled, but. Uh, but Edwards and Mulgrew, thou shall not pass. It says that it's that simple. Kieran Freeman done his bit on the right hand side. McMahon again, if he, he was class, he, he's he's so consistent, so un, so unassuming as well. He just he just gets on with it. Like there's no histrionics, there's no no fanciness about it. He just does his job. He does it to such a high level. Uh, so I never really felt troubled. It was a strange game because like Hibs do have. Danger men in their team, but if, like before the game, people were saying to me, "How are you feeling?" I was like overly confident, like because it's Hibs can we didn't seem to get the rub in the green against these boys. But once the game got started, there was I didn't ever think we were going to lose. I, I genuinely didn't. The only time they came close to scoring was in the second half when Benji's made a great save. They were just defending brilliantly just now, and one thing that. It's been reported since the game finished is that it's uh, was it six clean sheets in nine games or something, which is outstanding. But we're not even a defensive team. Yeah, I mean, if this had been the record last season when Mickey Mellon's team got scalped twice in a row, four nothing, and then we went really defensive. If you then, if you've got a record like that on the back of playing defensive, you could maybe understand it. But we're in a go. And we're just defending absolutely brilliantly. Maybe now and again getting a wee break of the ball, rub of the green. But like, there's only there's only so much rub of the green that you can put down a, a record like that. It's it's fantastic. And it's just, as a United fan watching it yesterday was 
absolutely brilliant. I feel sorry for you for no actually being there, no seeing it, only seeing like the goals and maybe another couple of highlights. Boys that just couldn't make it through because of working or it's just too dear to go to the football these days. These boys must do it on a great day and a great game and a fantastic performance for United. Yeah, well, like you say, it's um, five goals against that is the best defensive record in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And and as I say, we're not playing defensively. Yeah. We're having a go. We've got fullbacks bombing forward. We are we are heavily reliant on Edwards and Mulgrew stopping everything that comes into the box. But so far, they're doing that. And I mean, this time last season, how many points had Benji won us? Like mm. just being <laughs> a, a capeless Superman last season. But this season, he, he's he's been excellent. But he's no had to be excellent every single. Week every minute every game, it's, it's just not been that way. But it's just been it's night and day. We keep saying it, it's night and day for what we watched last season. Mm-hmm. We are roughly the same players, just playing a different system, all buying into it, all believing that it's going to get the best out of them. And so far, so good. And uh, seven minutes into the second half, that man Ryan Edwards got himself in the score sheet. He was due a goal. What, honestly, that was absolute bedlam when that went in. Absolutely, somebody, I don't know where they come from. It might have just been the row behind, it might have been 10 rows behind, it might have been the top tier, but somebody landed on me in the burn, about broke his leg, about tore my calf or done whatever I was doing, catching boys when you're not even looking. But the, the goal itself, everybody in that stand, when that ball drops to Declan Glass on the edge of the box. Well, just before you say it, Mm-hmm. What did Declan Glass tell us that he does miss games? He'll just zing Fev, two will end up shot. in the car park, two will end up in the stand, shot. one might hang in the top bag. And it wasn't until I saw it for, uh, behind the goal when I could see it was him. Because uh, yeah. I think it was been so enticing for him. I think I was it watching just, it sat perfect. on my phone in the boozer at this point uh, on the highlights. And he just knocks it wide again. Uh, and well, I mean, what a cross! What a first team ball! A first time ball! First, first time, first time cross as well. But it was class for Declan mm. uh, to knock it to McMahon. He just had a look up and he just stuck it in. He didn't. I think he's just aiming for an area, maybe between the penalty spot and the six yard box, rather than aiming for a person, which is easier to do, I suppose. But the first time it and big Ryan Edwards, he was he wanted it more than anybody. He just attacked it <laughs> as soon as he was up. You just can't. It was going in. You just can't. It was hitting the back of that net. And then, as I said, bedlam in the stands behind the goal. Absolutely brilliant scenes. And uh, if if that's no good enough, the sheep charges for the halfway line, ends up on the t- on the penalty spot and makes it 3-0. Uh, it was, there's so many things about that goal. Uh, obviously, it was another brilliant move. Another absolutely brilliant piece of football. Pass, 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 through ball, nisking in, kind of telling Pollock, leave that into me, get you out of the way, elbows are sharpened here. And then you're thinking, just just bury it, just slot it past the keeper. Nah, didn't want to do that because I'm cool and composed. I'm going to lay it off to him because he's got a better chance of scoring. And then you look over and you've got your right back bombing up. What are you doing? We're tuning up away at Hibs. Should be just, let's just play the safe here. But nah, the sheep. And we love the sheep on this podcast. We love do. It. And he and he slotted at home. And Rondo, I'll tell you, he didn't have a clue what he was doing when he celebrated that. He didn't have a clue because he he just 
I think he was going to tuck his top off because he kind of grabs it and he must have thought better. He must have thought, hmm, I'll get a yellow for that. And he didn't do any knee slide, maybe because he's had knee injuries in the past, but he just run and run and run. And if he had a run at the corner, he would have run right out the bloody stadium, but he gets to the corner flag, realises he's run past Abdi, doubles back on his cell, and then by the time he's coming back, Abdi's caught up with him. But uh, the boy was, it was like, uh, mind Archie Mikasin when he scored last year and he looked so happy. It, it felt like that. He was just, and Abdi was so happy for him, obviously. Eh? He'd be happy if anybody scores the third, but it was just class. I couldn't, I just couldn't, I just kept saying to myself, what the hell was he doing in that position? Well, uh, watching it back when I actually managed to watch it on a bigger screen than my phone, I was watching it the day and uh, for the third goal when it's I think it's Paul and Clark maybe start the move and mm. uh, as soon as the first pass I think's made into Clark or vice versa, uh, Sheep's on the halfway line and as soon as the first pass is made, he's off, he goes yeah. now. I'm assuming some of that's premeditated. That's what we're, the way we're trying to play. Got, got to but he absolutely, or he just thought, bugger this, I'm in. And he just, but the weird thing is, he runs in a straight line. There's nobody uh, near him, nobody tracks him. Nah, and then there nah. he is just on the 12-yard spot. And to be fair, he's going and he could have smashed it. Just lays it off. And then Sheep just pops it in for it was, an, it was a better opportunity for, oh. for Freeman than it was for uh, Niskanen. Was it? It was just <laughs> so good all round. So good all round. Back was, to the celebration. Was, was it just good. after that uh, Benji had the save in Nisbet? It was when we were three and a half up mm. there. Uh, but, and at the time, uh, I wasn't sure if it was a save, but Hibs have got these big screens in the corners now. Uh, they weren't there last time I was there, actually. No, got they're new. Three they are brand new. Uh, so, but they showed the replay, and you saw Benji got a, a big claw on it. So, great save for him, great save, and then it was obviously it was it was punted and cleared. Mm. But all in all, w- what a day, Rondo! What a day! What a performance! There was no failures in that team. Nicky Clark worked his bollocks off again, put in a shift, took his goal well, was involved in anything that was good going forward. We even got a wee sight in our new subby. Uh, our new subby, hopefully. He's not a new subby, we're new striker. Uh, Max, he had three songs from for the the well-oiled fans that were behind the goal as well. It was it was just great. It was just a end of the days. Ahan just felt good. Ahan just felt good. Hibs fans never made a never made a noise. Nothing. Not one song. All game that I heard. Was there, um, there was rumours there was a fire drill in the home end. Was that true? Oh, well, there was a definitely definitely fire drill at the stadium in three of the stands. Yeah, yeah. And there was in, I think the doors were locked because boys just weren't for leaving. And that was the stand that I was in. It was just, it was just class. Yeah, it really, really was. Uh, and I'm still buzzing about it. I it's really um, five games unbeaten on the road now for United, but that's our first win in 10 attempts against Hibs. Yeah, you it, know? Was, it was coming, no? Like, well, when I've listened, I've listened back to the, the BBC podcast the day about the sports sound and uh, they've kind of they all build it as like oh it was a massive shock today and I think it was a massive shock like United are ahead of them in the league now so it's not like we were trailing at the bottom of the league I would say that no a massive shock but Livingston Skelton St Johnson was a like a that's a surprise. shock like that's well, a, a shock bigger surprise. I mean, if they had the one yeah <laughs> and in fact no we'll speak about them but the goals in that game are hilarious oh. Uh but that, that to me was a bigger shock. United winning against Hibs. No, it, 
uh, we we've we obviously watch all the United games and we've seen these last few months against Hibs. Like we were really unlucky in that cup game. In both cup games, the Scottish Cup game, we weren't like great, but we we were still in it. Kind of got done with the second goal being offside. We've just any United fan will know we've just not had the rub of the green against Hibs in the last couple of years when it comes to game changing decisions. Yeah, but also, uh, it was but one it, thing that that, that that come up when you're on about like the BBC and stuff is. Um, Tom Court said, you know, I learned a lot from the previous defeat to Hibs. It was probably a springboard and allowed us to go to Selig Park, go and perform uh, against Ross County, and the players had a bit of a breakthrough on a performance level, albeit uh, were very, very disappointed to go out the cup to be able to go places and hold their own. Now, we said, and I've said this loads of times, and I said it, but it was on the Ross County game for a couple of the guys that were in the gantry and that that didn't make it. You know, on paper, it looked like a Hibs pumping, but the reality was... It wasn't really. Like, we, we spoke about the ref decisions. Yes, we're kind of give teams 3-0 starters and whatever, but we knew, and I think United fans knew, that the performance and the efforts were there, same against Hearts, it was going to come. Listen, if I said to you yesterday morning, we're going to win 3 nothing this afternoon, you'd have laughed in my puss. Let's be honest. Correct. But Correct. if I said, we'll sneak a 1-0 the day, you'd have went, I could see that. Could, there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people before the game that thought we were going to sneak some. Mm. I, I, I thought we might get a point mm. if I'm being totally honest. But what do I care? Nothing. Uh, but there's a lot of people coming up to me and saying, "I've got, a, I've got a feeling we're going to take them today." And Christ Almighty, did we take them? Three 0 The score lines there, right? But I, I, the, the the shot out again is massive because now you've got a real settled back four a goalkeeper who's saved us umpteen times, as we know. Where are you right now on the Freeman-Smith debate where Liam Smith's fit? I think, personally, it's Freeman's to lose. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the exact words I was going to say. It is. It is. And again, I think we mentioned it last week or the week before, that's no us slating Liam Smith. Liam Smith's not really done anything to, to let us down. But Freeman, he's... He's bringing so much more to the team going forward. I mean, he scored two goals already this season. This this season, Liam Smith's only scored one goal for us, and I'm and I'm no I'm not even hitting on me that stick. He's not in the team to, to score goals. He's there to stop them. But I, I just think Kieran Freeman's taking advantage of Liam Smith's misfortune. Mm-hmm. He got injured. If he hadn't got injured, he'd have still been in the team. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's that simple. Uh, but Kieran Freeman has came in. And grabbed the opportunity with both hands, and he's just no for letting it go. And I'd be really disappointed if, if when they're both fit, if the manager then thinks, right, okay, cheers for that job that you've done for the last few weeks. But, but Liam's my man here. I think you play the person who is best suited to it. And at present, it's Kieran Freeman. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from from one room in that house to the other room in that house talk to me about our podcast pal Declan Glass's performance yeah we, again we've always been big fans uh, of Declan and not just saying that because he's he's been on the podcast uh, even at the time when he got loaned to Partick Thistle before the, the bad injury couldn't understand it just couldn't understand it but you but you do when you're thinking about it you, you do kind of you're weighing up right okay that's this manager, that manager, and this manager now, all obviously no rating him the way that we think he probably should have been rated. Uh, and you do kind of convince yourself, well, they are could now have been wrong. 
but he's he's had that year out of football uh, through sheer bad luck, and he came in yesterday literally out of the blue, uh, and he never put a foot wrong, never put a foot wrong. Uh, and did he put any bars little... in the stand? He's bound to have nah, a shot. He wasn't. No, nah, there was. There was. He wasn't for shooting that much actually. That's. It was. It was a real surprise at the second goal when he did not because it's. <laughs> It sticks in my mind that because it was a funny comment when he said it. He says, ah, "I love that in a short can. I'll do this with that, you know. Hit somebody's car in in the stand, and maybe, maybe I'll put it in the top corner." And when you see like a still image of the chance that he that presented itself to him, it was there for hitting. Like and the bus up perfect as well, but he chose the right option. He chose to just tuck a touch, get it down, put it out wide, and the rest is history. Boys were upside down in the stand. So Declan came in and he was brilliant. But because it's only because he's only coming for that one game, and it, it, to me it's not as it's not like the the Kieran Freeman Liam Smith situation. I think if Dylan Levitt is fit for the next game, I think you bring him back in. Yeah, again, you've got, you've got whole, to you've got to be careful with that one still. Of of course, like but, I, th- I think he said he said after the game he'd, he'd only played forty five minutes in a in a bounce game or in a friendly or or something uh, the other week. So he got about sixty minutes on. Uh, on Saturday there, yeah, and he was he was he was really good, but he's always he's always had something mm-hmm. like from from when Shaba was in the team, and with Sutton on the park, yeah, Shaba did love him. He's, he's always had something. He just had to work on certain aspects of his game. Now, obviously, the last year he's probably not been able to work on the aspects of the game because he's he's just had to get fit. He's just had to rehab his injury. Uh, but the, the lad, he's got something like there's no doubt, and he's a confident guy as well, which will serve him well. It was, it was really good to see him back. Uh, first start since January 2020 for uh, Deck and Glass. Uh, how how different, or again, you might want to do this, what, you know, what can they offer individually, Dylan Levitt and Declan Glass? You know, how different or how similar did you see what they would bring to the team based on yesterday? Although it was only 60 minutes, he's no fully fit, I know that. Well, I mean, the biggest compliment I could give Declan is we didn't miss Dylan Levitt. You just didn't miss him, and again, again, I keep saying it, but that's not a slight on on the other person. You'd, Declan came in, he stood up to the challenge, he contributed massively to the team to a big win, and and he was brilliant. There's no doubt about it. Like we did not miss Dylan Levitt, but if I'm if I'm picking the team next week, and they both guys are fit, then I'm I'm probably going to put Dylan Levitt back in, and maybe introduce. Uh, Declan into the team gradually over the next few weeks somebody's going to get injured Ron like it, it, it's inevitable it's football isn't it like Harks, Fuchs and Dylan Levitt just now are probably most people's preferred option in there and you've, you've obviously got Niskanen and Paula as well uh, but somebody's going to get suspended somebody's going to get injured it's it's the way of the world it's the way football goes so to have these guys like Declan Liam Smith, Kieran Freeman, like uh, fighting out for these positions. It's, it can only it can only be a good thing for the team. I'm going to just bury Gavin Harrison here. He texted me the day saying, "I'll give you a laugh." Was explaining to my pal uh, about how we got a guy on loan for Man United and how he was strolling about yesterday, zinging passes for fun. Didn't fucking realise it was Deco playing until 11 p.m. last night. <laughs> now either you've had a few. Before the game, and you kind of tell nineteen and twenty-one. They got, I mean, they didn't even look the same. Like, but that's no. incredible stuff. Incredible. Yeah. Stuff. No, he, he was. He was. He was really good. You, you wouldn't. Uh, you didn't miss Dylan Levitt, and you wouldn't have known 
that Declan Glass hadn't have played for us for over a year and a half. Is the difference maybe as well that he has matured and he's, he's a man now, he's not a boy. Getting a young laddie a few years about when he was playing. He, he still looks like a wee laddie though. Of course he does. He's definitely getting yeah, an very, ID'd. Very he's, skillful. He's probably getting an ID'd for, uh, for, uh, for the fancy coffees he drinks. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. That he doesn't pay for. He definitely doesn't pay for. Yeah. Um, after the game as well, Rondo, I want to say, uh, the players, they obviously come in the crowd and, I think Ryan Edwards just threw his shirt to a young lad in the crowd which is class so hopefully the club dinner cheers him 50 quid for that because it was a lovely gesture but the crowd were all going berserk singing Tom Court's Tangerine Army and I thought it was very telling of the man himself that he he just he just stayed at the back he just let the players take the applause uh, he, he wasn't in for doing what like a, a Jurgen Klopp or a Ronnie Dyla you know when they get right up to the fans and they're milking it and get all the fist pumps and everything was none of that shit. he just he just applauded the fans respectfully let the players get the credit and then moseyed on off into the into the dressing room again it's uh, the amount of people that I saw I saw a, a meme going about like push shot and champion 2021 Tom Corps uh, and it really is it really is that more and more every Every performance that we put like that, you're seeing more people tweeting about. Oh, I'm really sorry, I got this wrong. He's he's just in. He's just going about his business as he probably would have anyway, regardless of all that the shitstorm in the summer about his appointment and and whatever. He's just uh, he's a he's been a breath of fresh air from what we saw last season. Absolutely, and long may that continue. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. He said to the BBC, the scoreline fluttered us a little bit. Well, the better team won. I think the better team definitely won. Uh, we were just clinical. Like if if you get three chances, three good chances, and you take them, and uh, they can't kind of score any, then that's just the way it is. Yeah, but he, it, it doesn't it just doesn't really matter if the scoreline flares you. If if you've won, you've won. Yeah, he said well worthy of the three points. You can see there's a real connection forming between the f- players and the fans. They really value the work rate of the players. Long may that continue. Um, I thought it was interesting what Jack Ross said. Um, First and foremost, first well, first and foremost, he said we deserve what we got. So he was he was very clinical with the saying, saying they were desperately poor. Uh, no qualms over the result. United deserved to win, um, and it wasn't acceptable. Uh, and and he said, you know, it, it was a big, big step back for what they've been trying to do. But like you're saying, regardless, for a lot of possession, if you didn't attack your chances, then create the clear cut chances, and the opposition pump you three 0 at him. That's just what happens, to be fair. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, there was... They didn't hear that many chances, Ron. There, there, there was... Sigrist made that other that save. He maybe made a, a, a couple of easy saves that you could throw your hat on in the first half. Mm. Nothing like the better team clearly won. And as for Jack Ross not being happy... Class. I'm delighted. I'm delighted about that. I, I love reading Andy McAdam's tweets about Jack Ross. They're, they're the best tweets on Twitter. It's... it's it's that simple to me. I've just no time for chat. I've just and then I care what it is. I've never really liked that guy. Yeah. Faye was at St. Martin. He just looks smug. Uh, no fan of him at yeah. all. Of him. Uh, man of the match. Oh, it's got to be Big Edwards. It's got to be. He was just so good. The Hibs could still be playing, and like half the team could have went him as long as we left Edwards on the park. They wouldn't have scored. He, nothing was getting past that man. He was absolutely brilliant, and he's been. For the turn of the year, the second half of last season, we were just saying it before we hit record on, he's been absolutely class for us. He really has. And if anything, 
the addition of Mulgrew alongside him, it's, it's just even better. He's just got even better for us. So thank Christ he signed two-year deal. Because I would imagine teams might be sniffing about if he was running out of contract at the end of this season. And we are up to third three points for top of the league. Mm-hmm. You got your passport looked at, dusted off. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's Vegas un- cancelled for a wee trip to <laughs> Kazakhstan or whatever will end up. You know, it's unbelievable. Like it's general. Will stay if we're in the Champions League. Oh, Jondo will stay. Jondo will stay. Um, two years ago, almost to the day, by the way, almost, we got pumped for and the Queen of the South. You remember that day? <laughs> no, what happened that day? <laughs> I don't actually remember much of the day. I remember that, like the the afternoon, the next day, showing up <laughs> at yours, but hindering you, kicking you the way, entering your house like Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> glass smashing an hour plus, and then just swearing loads. But you know, it's only two years. I know, I know. What a what a journey, eh? It's no all been highs, but what a journey. And that day, Saturday is what is. Is why you go for days like Saturday. That's why you go. And as I said earlier, I felt I felt sorry that although the crowd was tremendous, there must have been about thirteen hundred to fifteen hundred United fans. I wish there could. I wish the stand was full uh, because as many fans as could have possibly seen that would have been class. Like uh, it was, it's a day that I'll never forget in a hurry. <laughs> I just looked at the team for that night. I got in about four and a half for Queen of the South and McMullen played. Uh, Benji he, he was shouting over at somebody in the crowd I remember that Benji Paul Watson Mark Reynolds Troy Brown Liam Smith Carl Butcher Ian Harks Sam Stanton Paul McMullen Lou Yapere Lauren Shankland Troy Brown Head of hair Like Troy's all Like Troy's all I mean, that, I mean there's some decent players in there <laughs> We ups And I, I think it was Did Robbie no come out after that game And say oh, It's the end of these days We were unlucky And I'm pretty sure if I, if I can cast my mind back, we were lucky it was only four. We absolutely got pumped that day. Absolutely scalped. But uh, to, to go two years later and go Easter Road and comfortably see off Hibs 3-9, aye, that's what football's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. coaster. Absolutely. Massive away win. Uh, and again, more than one goal has been scored, which is not bad. It's class. And that's still what... What are you talking? Five first team players out injured just now? You would mm-hmm. say. You've got Liam Smith out, Carl Butcher's out, Mark McNulty's out, Dylan Levitt's out, Mark Reynolds still out. Was he on the bench yesterday? I can't mind. What's the deal with McNulty on? Like, I've not really. I've not, I don't have any papers these days. Yeah, you asking me because I'm a doctor and I can what the operation was. No, I'm asking you because you might can. You might know Ken, or just just mark something he's, up. He's, but he's he's injured. He's, he's injured. Had a, and he's, oh, he's had an he's operation on his hamstring. He had to get a right, new so leg, new tears, and a new knee, and uh, right. a whole new he got, body. He a bum knee? He's not got, quite got a bum knee. He's got a sore knee, and he'll be back by New Year. Right. Okay. <laughs> so enough of your silliness. Have we sent him back? Because he's no other player. No, he's, what, he's, what, he's, he's in his rehab at United. Eh? Right. So we're we're keeping a head on. Right. Okay. That that's uh, I wanted to can because I wasn't we loan signings like a Kai Fotheringham for example. I know that anybody's come out and confirmed it other than like, the Wraith manager mentioned something. Mm-hmm. But he's injured. But if he's injured, you would assume that he's back at United, rehabbing and getting whatever. So that's why I was I was curious as to the story with McNulty because he's no our player. Mm-hmm. He's on loan. I thought that we might have just shipped him back. 
Yeah. No. Right, so, okay. That's cool. You will go there in the end. Jesus Christ. He's bum knee. Bum shut up. Bum knee. Uh yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean it's a fair it's a decent still players missing, you know what I mean? Which only makes the squad uh stronger Absolutely. and stronger as we go on. Absolutely. Um next up, Motherwell are at Tanadice. They lost two 0 at home to Celtic. As with most Motherwell teams year on year, they seem to change out about half their squad every single year. I looked in the squad list today. But maintain a decent level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they've, they've, they've cracked it in a but, lot of ways. But again, but, uh, there's, there's yeah. another team that I've had a, a bit of an up and down start to it. I mean, they've four wins, two draws and three defeats. Uh, they got that defeat. Yes, that's two in a row. They've now lost. Again, it's no for Abdi to go to Parkhead and get someone to be fair, but you know. Uh, but again, it's going to be, it's like we keep saying, eh? there's not going to be any easy games at all. No. Um, just got to go out and, and do what we can. And it's at home. And we've got three big games coming up. We've got Motherwell, Livingston away, and then St. Johnston at home. Yeah. Before the month. Would, would I be right in saying Livingston's a midweek? Wednesday night, yeah. Week Wednesday's on Wednesday night in Livingston. Snape, do you answer that? The, the first line in a horror novel. <laughs> but we'll be there. Your damn skippy will be there. Um, but yeah, listen, it's going to be a tough test, regardless of uh, what it's going to be. Because again, they, they've started to pick up. But we're at home. I mean, expect a home one. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you perform the way that we've been performing, that's when expectations do rise. And yeah, again, you've said it's not going to be easy, but you'd probably be disappointed if you did not win it now. Exactly. Uh, every game's going to be different. No, Motherwell, like there was no, there was no easy game with them last season. I can remember it very well. We got lucky at, uh, scoring quietly on at home against them. Reynolds, uh, winner at the start of the season. For yeah, their yeah. ground. But, but there's there's no much in it. No. There's no much in, or there, or there certainly wasn't last season. But uh, if we... If we play the way that we played yesterday, then get them on the coop. <laughs> if you do coop. Yeah. Uh, right, so that's on uh, Saturday, three o'clock kickoff for that one. Um, let's move on to everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Obviously, Mr McNichol will update us on the women's team academy and everything else, but we like to start with a normally get the kettle on, have a wee nap. Here's the loan report. Mark Connolly and Ross Graham at Dunfermline. Connolly has played the full 96 minutes in this one, and once again, Ross Graham was nowhere to be seen. It was Kelly that were the visitors to East End Park on Saturday, and it was always going to prove to be a tough ask for the struggling Fifers. They trailed 2-1 going into time added on at the end of the match, but managed to notch an equaliser in the 95th minute to hopefully ruin Tommy Wright's weekend. As for Connolly, he was booked in the 96th minute of the match. Reese Caves at Airdrionians. Reese has started Saturday's match on the bench for Airdrie down at the Falkirk Stadium and has been a happy spectator for the majority of the game. His team have won 3-0 on the day and he has been subbed on in the 90th minute in what I can only imagine was a running down of the clock subby. Flynn Duffy at Peterhead. Flynn has been laid up most of the week we flew, uh, so he was only fit enough for a spot on the bench on Saturday at Alloa. He didn't have long to wait, however, as he came on in the 17th minute and got involved straight away with good deliveries into the box and energy down the left-hand side. He has created a chance that has won his side a penalty, 
by winning a tenacious double tackle in the midfield. This resulted in the Alawa goalie being sent off for an early bath and Peterhead scoring from the spot. In the second half, and with a score at 2 all, Flynn has whipped in a terrific ball from a corner for Peterhead's centre forward to score with a bullet header. Another goal was later added to kill the game off and Peterhead ran out 4-2 winners. Nathan Cooney at Elgin City. Elgin have travelled to Coatbridge this past Saturday where they have taken on Albion Rovers. Nathan has unfortunately been an unused sub, however, as they were beaten 2-0 on the day. Rondo, mind that big arsehole Ross Draper? Yes. He plays for Elgin these days. Oh. That jumped out at me. Okay. He was a big arsehole though, was he? He definitely was. Okay. Lennon Walker, Jack Newman and Finn Robson at the Spartans. I'll start by saying that Jack Newman wasn't playing for the Spartans on Saturdays. He was on the bench for United at Easter Road. As for Finn Robson and Lennon Walker, well, Finn has started, played well and completed the full 90 minutes. Lennon was not quoted in the squad. The Spartans beat East House's Lily 4-1 in the Challenge Cup. East House's Lily, Rondo. Have you ever heard of that team? No, I've not. No, same here. Cracker on them. Going to follow them for now on. Adam Hutchison at University of Stirling. Adam has started his size Challenge Cup match away at Burn Island Shipyard but has only lasted until half-time before he was replaced. As for his team, they made hard work of getting through to the next round as it took extra time to see off their opponents, winning 3-1 in the end. Ruri Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. Ruri, Ruri, Ruri. Uh, Ruri has again been between the sticks for Hutchie Vale as civil service strollers have visited, but it was a day to forget for the young lad. His team have lost 3-1, and due to not being sent in my usual report, Cheers, buddy. You know who you are. I had to watch the highlights of the game. The first goal that Rory concedes is fair enough. Nothing he could do about it. The second goal chipped for 30 yards out. The third goal, and I'm no kidding here, chipped for 45 yards out. In short, there is room for improvement from Saturday's performance. But he's young, he's learning. He'll get better. Chin up, buddy. Sean Brown at Cumbernauld Colts. Sean has once again continued his good form for his lone side, the Colts, as they hosted Ross Eith in the Challenge Cup this past Friday. He's played very well, played the full 90, and once again gotten himself on the score sheet as his side have comfortably won 2-0 on the night. The academy team. It was Hamilton the United on Friday. After a two-week delay, the young terrors returned to action, looking to bounce back from the disappointing night at the Rangers, where they tasted defeat for the first time this season. It was to be a great return for the team and the breakthrough for the Young Terrors came on the 11th minute after a foul by Brady Craig on Finn Malcolm gave Lewis O'Donnell the opportunity to deliver from the edge of the box. The Scotland Under-17 international drove his free kick into the wall but the scraps fell to Brian Mwangi who hooked the ball over his head into the path of Jacob Comerford to bullet the ball past the helpless Hamilton goalie for his third goal of this season. The relentless waves of United attacks eventually breached the defence of Hamilton once more and the door was unlocked thanks to an outstanding through ball by Rory McLeod into the left channel for Finn Malcolm. The striker burst past his marker, showing him a clean pair of heels and squared to Stuart Heenan who was waiting for the cross in the middle. Heenan took a touch to steady himself before calmly rolling the ball in off the post to give the young terrors breathing space. There was still time for the lads to net a third before the break and McLeod was yet again the architect. 
The 15-year-old plucked an awkward pass from Bertie out of the sky and allowed the ball to drop to attract just enough pressure from the defence to open space for Malcolm behind it. Malcolm latched onto the exquisite dinked pass from his colleague and steered the ball onto the net to wrap up the three points within the first 45 minutes. The second half was a doddle for the boys, and they comfortably saw the game out, adding a fourth in the process when Brian Mowangi has left a Hamilton defender in a heap after skinning him. Another three points for the lads, and another very good performance to boot. The women's team. Last week, the ladies headed down to Boromir for what they knew would be a very hard match. They have dug deep and fought exceptionally hard for the whole 90 minutes, and have come back up the road with the three points. Boromir have taken the lead on the day with a 20th minute penalty, getting them off to, the, off to a flyer. From there on in, it was about character and digging in for the ladies. They got themselves back on level terms in the 36th minute when Jade McLaren rose highest and powered in a header at the back post. The second half was end to end, but it was the good guys, or girls, that took the lead in the 77th minute. Chloe Clemison was on hand to head in after the keeper had pushed the ball up in the air from a United corner. After that, it was a case of keeping it tight at the back and seeing the game out. The ladies did just that. On to this past Sunday now, and the team were due to host St Johnson at the RPC, but an outbreak of COVID at the Perth side has put paid to that, so it was a case of feet up and kick back from them for this week. And one thing that I want to mention as well this week, Rondo, uh, Andy's Man Club. I just wanted to give a little bit of info about Andy's Man Club. Andy's Man Club run talking groups for men who have either been through a storm are currently going through a storm or have a storm brewing in their life. They are nationwide and are a mental health support talking group that are open every Monday from 7pm. In just over two weeks, Dundee's second venue for these meetings will be opening up at the Lynch Centre on South Road. This will be known as Dundee West and opens on November the 1st. As for Dundee East, this is still at Boomerang Centre in Kimback Street in Dundee. As the social media hashtag says, it's okay to talk. So if any guys out there listening to this are going through something that they are struggling with, please give Andy's Man Club a try. It may just help. Yep, very much uh, can do that. You can go to the website as well and get all the details. Uh, one thing I need to pick you up on your report there. Uh, you mentioned uh, Ronan McLeod. I saw you tweeting today. He started for the under-16s for Scotland against Republic Ireland today. I think it's currently right now. Um, but you think he's a bit of a player, don't you? I do. I've seen him a couple of times, Ron. And uh, I think somebody replied to me saying, I, he is a good player, but he's he needs to, he's got to be more disciplined. He's 15. <laughs> if you've ever met 15-year-olds, they're a bit undisciplined. <laughs> with everything in their life. Don't care why you're going with that. <laughs> Knock at the door. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Right. No, um, he's, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. <laughs> uh, anyway, five players from the uh, club's 1983 championship winning squad have accepted an invitation by Dundee United Supporters Foundation to become honorary members. Uh, if you would like to join Paul Hegarty, John Riley, John Holt, Hamish McAlpine, Morris Malpass and fellow Arabs, then you can head to dusf.scot forward slash pledge. Subscriptions start £10 per month for adults, 250 for juniors. If you require any further information, you can go to the website or on the social media and you can be united and join the foundation. The United Futures Lottery jackpot. It's not been one again. It's not been oh. one again. I think it needs to get a point. When it can't get one, donate it to the Dude Fox the podcast. podcast. Yes. That'll be amazing. And... Right. Excuse you. Uh, £2,000 up for grabs in the next draw. You can sign up, get the details, unitedlottery.co.uk. Remember, all the proceeds go to support our academy. 
Here we go. So I uh, just quickly address something here. At, uh, by the way, thank you very much to every single person who has interacted on social media, especially Twitter. We do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, reply as many comments as we can on Facebook and Instagram, but Twitter's where the conversation kind of is at. But uh, we've got a great tweet today uh, saying, uh, Vegas DUFC. As an added reward for yesterday, I wonder if Dude Fox Podcast will have games and goals a week off. No, here we are. So, uh, oh, guys. thanks very much nice. for your concern there. But uh, it, it, depending on how results go, it might not have much left, to be honest, because, well, I'm getting pumped, is basically what's happening here. Um, five points over grabs. You have to match the five players to the amount of games they played or the goals they scored. For everyone you get correct, you get a point. Only resource allowed is the Arab Archive. And the scores as of last week, it's Ronnie 24, Paul 31. And thankfully, it's Paul Askin. So I, I could claw it back. But I'm still a million miles away. It's basically what I'm getting at. So it's no great. It's no great. Okay. Well, we'll see. Pens we'll see. and papers out there, Eddie, please. Let's go. Let's go. First name. Hit me. Lars Zetterland. Oh, Lars. I thought you were going to go with uh, Lars. Lars Hitchfeld. Mind you, he was a goalie, oh, wasn't he? Oh, hell no. No, don't want to speak about boys like that. Zetterland. Next name. Yep. Eamon Bannon. Oh, Yep. Stuart Armstrong. Oh, stretch. Beautiful hair. Yep. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. Sieb Dijkstra. Pardo. Sieb, Sieb, Sieb. And lastly, but not least, Ian Redford. Right. Zetterland, Bannon, Stretch, Sieb, Redford. Yes. Numbers, hit me. 113 yep 100 uh-huh 32 yep 22 yep 108 <laughs> right 113 um, 32 22 and 108 correct what some up. decent players there Rondo some decent players there oh Redford's before my time but that, that's okay I, know, I, I, I can know. I can I can deal with that because he's well I should really can <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest he was a last minute replacement for Ian Harks on my list because I'm not convinced that it's up to date on the Arab archive we has uh, appearances and goals I'll, so it'll not include yesterday it does not include last week either <laughs> or the week before that, sorry. Oh, Ross County it goes up to. Uh, I think it's just the Celtic game was the last game. So, any chance, so that's lads? What you got Ian Redford. We're trying to use this for a shitey wee play along competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gig that we were on Friday, seeing Joshua Grant. Ah, uh, you uh, can speak about that bump, just now. I bumped into uh, a guy for the D Archive, if you could believe that, and uh, it's obviously not nearly as good as the Arab Archive, <laughs> but the boys do their best as well. Uh, and uh, I thought that was quite funny. I thought it was quite funny because he just assumed he, he assumed that, that we had something to do with the Arab Archive and I was like oh no no, no. is, that, is we, that the boy that looked like he was out of Minder? Uh, he had uh, Rodney Trotter's jacket on what is that about? well he was oh, happy he's a D he didn't have his sambas on that night at least <laughs> but Josh, Josh Grant it's class it was good to see him good Arab yep cover, cover version of Dignity on the night as well 
didn't play Tangerine Blood though, so uh, I was pretty close to booing him. And uh, there was a few boys going to lunch him, but we managed to stave them off. Yeah, it was a good night though. That's true. Right. What you got for us then, Rondo? Right. I can say with absolute authority. How many goals did Sweep score? Depends what you're talking about. Um, I could say with absolute authority, Lars Zetterland made 100 appearances. I get that as bang okay. on. That's a bricker. You can hear that. That's bang on. The, the reason you're, you're I can that... <laughs> no, no, it's because I have looked at it and because he is in the 100 club, what would be the 100 club, that's the only reason okay. I can he's bang on, right? Because yeah. he's like minimum level. Um, Armstrong scored about 20-odd goals, so I'll tap 22 for him. Mm. He didn't score loads. Uh, Eamon Bannon and Sieb. Eamon Bannon and Sieb. Bannon, Eamon Bannon. How long was he at the club for? A few years? A while. Uh, right, let's go red for 32 because I've no idea. So I'll just start a stab with that. No chance. Bannon. Bannon, see, what am I left with? 108 and 113? Yes. Uh, see, 113. Okay. <laughs> Goals or appearances? I can. It's 113. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to guess here. Come on. He's a, he's a right. chance. So, so that, that leaves Eamon uh, with 108 for you. Aye. We good with that? Ah, uh, fine. Okay. <laughs> Stuart Armstrong, he played 150 times for Dundee United and he scored with that bonny head of hair of his 22 goals. Oh, yes. It's one. Ian Redford played 155 times for United and okay. scored 32 goals. Oh, get in. That was a good guess. <laughs> Lars, Lars Erland, obviously, you checked your... your bicep tattoo so you can he's played 100 games nah, I knew that but he's, he also scored 8 goals for the club <laughs> what's it 100 goals Eamon Bannon uh, Eamon Bannon 440 appearances for United 440 arguments Jim McLean at half time <laughs> and 108 goals get in for Dundee United I won that 45 minutes for his daughter to make his tea <sighs> and 113 appearances. Well, I've flicked a so full house there. A full house for you. A full house for the Costello. Flicks are better than anything. Absolutely. So, so undeserved, but they're class. Receive it. So a, goal, it. a goal every four games for Bannon. That's a pretty good goal. Bannon was a great player. Great player. Nah, before my time as well. So you, you've done us over on that but you've, okay. you've got similar hair on these days <sighs> tells about it Ronnie Ronnie Bannon Damon <laughs> Costello yeah trending hi so we'll tell that as we bought a fluke so two points in it that's not too bad that's not too bad have a bit of that uh, right on this day in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006 18th October is our focus today just the one game though uh, there wasn't much else to uh, to talk about. 1997, and uh, it's a wee bit uh, links into this coming week. Motherwell 
were at Tanadice for a Premier League clash. Now, after the visitors gifted us a first, gratefully accepted by Shell Olofsson, there was only going to be one winner after Robbie Winters fired in a second with less than a quarter of an hour gone. The game came to life again the last 20 minutes. Goals for Gary McSwigan and Andy McLaren to give United their biggest win since New Year's Day. But more importantly, it's the 18th of October, by the way, that vital first league win of the season that finished United 4 Motherwell nil. That's I mean that's that's Dundee level stuff. <laughs> Dana, hey, Dana, Donna Donny's back, right? They're all right. Jeez, you oh, people on. take that scoreline next week, that's for sure. Behave yourself. Um I'm just I had the team in front of me, I just need to find it again. Uh if I can just find it, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. Yes, I can. So 1997. Tom McLean's the manager. Mm-hmm. Um Steve Dykstra of course he is one of his 113 appearances Elvis Mark Perry Gumshield Morris Malpass legend Eric Pedersen heroes Lars Zetterland (laughs) yes your tattoo Andy McClam (laughs) yeah podcast pal Craig Easton never going to be a podcast pal nope Jamie Dolan. Rest in peace. Shell Olsen. What a man. Robbie Winters. Cheers for the deal. And uh, three subs. Stuart McKimmy. <laughs> Gary McSwicken. And Stephen Thompson. Stuart McKimmy, is it, does he not get left on his ass at the goal that United, that Ralphie scores when we win the league is, does he not play for Dundee that day yeah, he, he might, maybe I'm sure I'm sure he got scanned I could be completely wrong so hold on here I mean, so you're thinking I'm 1983 Stuart I, McKinney as I say as I say I could be completely wrong he made massively wrong 81 appearances for the fun between 1980 and 1983 there you go did he play in that game I have no idea I mean, I'm, no, you're sure. asking us they're really double doing on things here. But Ken, well, since you've made I'm a curious. point, I'll find it. You just fill this I'm time. Curious. You fill I'm this curious. time and I'll think, find it. I think he's the end that, oh, that slides in on, on Ralphie and Ralphie makes him look foolish before he then sends the, the hordes of Arabs into absolute raptures for decades and decades. Well, I don't know if it was him, but he's wearing number three that day. So it's number three gets yeah. turned inside out. It's him. Uh, uh, might have been that. I'll let you watch it back. Just just because like I've not watched it today. I usually watch it every day. What well, scored in that Stuart game? McKinney. In that game? Mm-hmm. In the game we won the league? Mm-hmm. That you have just Ralph, mentioned. Ralph, Ralphie and Eamon Barnett. Eamon Barnett. So that's three yeah. of your list yeah. have been mentioned Eamon. already. <laughs> nah. But he missed, uh, he missed the penalty and scored the rebound. He did. Nah. Uh, I thought you know Ian Redford. And it was another United forward. player that scored their goal. Ian Ferguson. It was, yes. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Uh, peeps. So, um, that, I mean, that's this just took a curveball. It has not. Yeah, this is, this is moved not, on. But we knocked it for a home run. Well, you could you could say we did. Um, anyway, back at Tandice next week. That is it from us uh, for this episode. How do you think we're going to get on as the, the steel men visit Tandice? Uh, let us know on social media. We're at Dude Fox Podcast. Do have a great week. Stay safe. Don't forget, wash your hands. Angel Arsenal. Yeah.